Hello everyone, welcome to Junior Doctors Corner. My name is Dana and I am your host for this podcast. Nitty for uh, agreeing to be on my podcast and agreeing to do this interview with me. Super exciting. <laughs> um, so first question, seeing as you know, you've recently stepped into the role as a registrar, you were a resident not too long ago. Um, how has work and life been like since you've stepped up into this registrar role? Um, look, I think the one thing is, is that work and life's just so much better because you're happy, you're doing what you want to be doing as opposed to possibly in a scenario that you don't enjoy. So most registrars have stepped into a field that they enjoy. So um, that's a really good part of it. And I think as we were talking about before, um, I think you're treated with a lot more respect than um, you might be treated as a resident. Um, I think registrars take are taken more seriously whether whether for good or for not <laughs> yeah um despite the fact that you know two weeks ago you were a resident mm. um it's nice to have that respect of your colleagues as well yeah um but I guess with that comes a sense of responsibility as well so I think all of a sudden um you become responsible for the residents mm. and for mm. the interns mm. um and that's not always necessarily something you're prepared for either yeah um I think you are probably expected to work longer hours as a registrar than you are as a resident. Yep. Um, most residents probably feel like they work long enough hours as is. Yeah, but yeah. But I think, you know, um, as a resident, you would probably notice that all your registrars are staying much later than you are. Mm. Um, you're probably never the last to go home. You're mm. probably the first to go home. Mm. Um, so I think you're working longer hours. You're kind of trying to keep everything cohesive and keep the team running. Mm. So... Yeah, there's changes, but it's good and they're exciting changes and they um, indicate steps in the right direction to what I want to do and I think what most people want to do. So Yeah, yeah. that's really great to hear. Um, I guess, you know, with with anything there are its challenges and there are obviously its um, advantages. Um, now, you mentioned, you know, taking on more responsibility um, and I guess <coughs> there'll be things that you never had to do as a resident and... Um, I can only imagine mm. this because I haven't been in a registrar role myself, but, um, you know, were there times where you felt completely out of depth and, you know, and, and when those times did happen, what did you do about it? Um, oh, definitely. I think you get, you have a lot of, oh shit moments, for lack of a better word. As <laughs> we a all registrar. have those. Um, I think, I think it's important that no matter what point in your career you are, you know, whether that's medicine or even something else, um, you should always seek advice mm. um, when you're out of your depth. Yep. And I know that, you know, for me as a registrar, that would be from my consultants or possibly even more senior registrars. Mm. Um, as a resident, that might come from your registrar. Mm. Um, and you'll find consultants, even amongst themselves, will have oh shit moments. <laughs> and um, they'll talk to each other. Yeah. And every everyone has their niche and everyone has what they're good at yeah and someone might be a proceduralist or yep. someone might you know be that encyclopedia that everyone wants to know the weird genetic condition that mm. um you want to diagnose in a certain circumstance yeah um but I think particularly in medicine it's about working as a team mm -hmm. 
Um, and hopefully you're in an environment where you feel supported to do that. And that might not always be the case. Yeah. Um, but I'm lucky enough to have been in a situation where I have had a very team approach to things. Mm. Um, so I've always had someone to escalate to. Mm. And I think it's important to remember that, particularly as a junior registrar, some of your residents might actually be more senior than you as well. So <laughs> um, it's important to not ne- not negate their... Um, I guess, opinions or mm. feelings towards a situation because mm. um, they might see it from a different perspective than, than you. And I know even for me, I'll have medical students mention things to me that I go, I didn't even think of that. Mm. Um, really good thought. Mm. Um, and that will work into my clinical decision-making. So keep an open mind and um, I think work with everyone around you, yeah, would be my advice. Yeah, okay. That that's that's really sound advice right there. Um so just thinking back um of you know on your work for the past few weeks, um what was the biggest challenge you faced, you know, initially as a new registrar? What was it for you that was <coughs> the biggest? Um I think probably what I found hardest was all of a sudden becoming responsible for residents. Um Okay. I think I was comfortable in myself to say, see a patient myself, Mm. do my own examination, Mm -hmm. do my own assessment, make Mm -hmm. a plan, Mm -hmm. and then if I have any questions, speak to my consultant about it. Mm -hmm. I think what I probably found hardest and what I didn't have a lot of skill doing Mm -hmm. is hearing that story from someone else. So hearing that from my resident, my resident's gone and seen a patient, Mm -hmm. they've done the workup, they've come up with a clinical plan. Mm. And me interpreting that Mm. into something that I can give them sound advice for. Mm. Um, And I think in the initial days, it was a lot of, um, don't worry about it, I'll just go see the patient. (laughs) And I think that can be taken by the resident as me being like, nah, you haven't done your work properly, Mm. Um, which is not where it comes from. It comes Mm. from, I don't have the confidence Mm to make a decision based on someone else's story yeah. um, and that's not a skill that I have yet. Mm. So I think that's something that I've had to mm. hone over, you know, the last 14 weeks that I've been in this position mm. um, and it gets easier. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's probably the biggest thing. All of a sudden, yeah, you're responsible for other people and, you know, like the worst story, um, you have sometimes maybe the not so good residents yep. or... Um, people that maybe are struggling a little bit more and they come and tell you a story and you ask them to do things and they might not have actually done that. But it's still your name at the bottom of the note Mm. that they say discussed with so-and-so, despite the fact that they might not have followed your advice. If anything goes wrong, that's going to come back and bite me. Mm. So it's also having to unfortunately make sure that the advice you're giving is actually happening and people actually doing Mm. what you've asked them to do Mm. Um, and trying to remain an approachable, friendly, happy person through all of this without, you know, being too dictatorial, I think. Um, I'm not a dictatorial person, Mm. but I'm aware that sometimes it can come across like that. Mm. Um, So, yeah. So I guess um, you just gave an example of something um, that – would be pretty terrible for a um, resident to do. What has there been anything that you've noticed that um, you know there's a particular common pitfall or common mistakes that um, that seems to come up with you know amongst residents yeah. that you you would like you know them to be more aware of. Um. Honestly, look, 
I think the only pitfall you can have, true pitfall that you can have as a resident, is arrogance. Mm. Um, I think if you have the humility mm-hmm. to seek help when you feel out of your depth, if you have the humility to say, I'm sorry, I don't know, or I've never done that procedure, mm. or I don't know what's going on with this patient, mm. um, I think that will forever always hold you in good stead. I think the residents that run into trouble mm-hmm. are the ones that don't seek advice mm-hmm. or if they do, don't follow the advice that's been given mm. um, and think that perhaps they know better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, there's a fine line there. I think sometimes if you feel unhappy with the advice you've been given, it's important to express that at the time and say, oh, but I don't really agree with this. What yep. do you think about this? Or mm. why have you suggested that? Yeah. Um, and it might be a case of either the registrar has thought about something that you haven't had mm. or maybe you've thought about something that re- hasn't struck the registrar and it's about having that conversation. I think if you're too arrogant mm. to be able to have those conversations with people, mm. that's going to be your pitfall. Mm. Um, the other pitfall I'd probably say, and I wouldn't call it a pitfall, but I'd probably call it just something that holds residents back a little bit, mm. is not being eager to get involved. Mm. I think when opportunities present themselves um, at any point in your career, but particularly, you know, in your junior doctor days where you're probably exposed to a variety of things, um, to take those opportunities. If someone offers you a lumbar puncture Mm. and you've never done one, do it. If someone offers for you to um, sedate, do do a procedural sedation on a patient Mm. or to tube an airway, You might have never done it and you might look like a bumbling idiot, but do it um, because that's the only way you're going to learn. And I know like within myself, you you have a lot of simulated environments in medicine. And I think in my early days, I would be really nervous to put my hand up to be um, a participant in those simulated environments Mm. because all of a sudden you have these colleagues around you Mm. watching you. Run a sim mm. in say uh, an ED, ED scenario and running a, a simulated resus, yep. and they're critiquing you, and that's their job. Yeah, yeah. But that critique is going to make you a better doctor. Mm. So I think for residents, don't be arrogant. Um, have a bit of humility. Mm. To say when you don't know things. Yeah. And then you take your opportunities. Yep. Um, improve your skills. Yeah. Ask questions. Yep. Um. And I think if you do both of those things, mm. you don't have to be the smartest or the best. Mm. You'll grow. Mm. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with those points there because, um, for one, you know, residents who are arrogant can then put patients at risk. Yeah, know? it's not safe, is yeah. it? Mm. Um, now, um, now that you're, you know, you've been a registrar for a good 14 weeks and yeah. this <laughs> feels like forever. <laughs> and um, this podcast, after all, is, um, you know, for residents in particular. So uh, we just have to ask, um, what, if there is anything, do you miss most about residency, if you miss it at all? Um, I think you're... You have less responsibility as a resident. Mm. I think you definitely have more of an ability to um, leave on time, mm. tell, you know, refuse to, like you, you could potentially say, I'm supposed to finish at 4.30, I've got yep. to be out of here. Yep. I think the more you climb up the, the ladder at work, the less you're able to do that. Yeah. So it sounds like the expectations shift quite a lot. I think the expectations definitely shift and that comes with the responsibility. 
And as I mentioned earlier, yep. yes, you're respected more as a registrar, yep. but that comes with a certain set of expectations as well. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think residency is really, really good for people who aren't really fixed on doing anything in specific. Yep. I think it's good you learn a wide variety of skills. You're exposed to a lot of different mm. things. Um, and the other thing is you learn to work in different environments. Every team's different. Mm. Um, every department's different. Mm. Every consultant's different. Yep. And you learn to work within that scope. Mm-hmm. I think if you know what you want to do and you have your heart set on something, which is very much what I was always like, yep. I think taking that step to being a registrar is definitely a, a dream that you've then reached and something that you've, um, I, I guess, gleaned from all your hard work. And so that's really exciting. So I can't say I miss residency necessarily. <laughs> um, I think, to be fair, though, in this day and age where everyone's rushing to get through their career, um, I think sometimes if you rush too quickly, you do become over-specialised in your little niche area. Yeah. Um, And I think it's important to take a step back and try and not do that because at the end of the day, you're a doctor Mm. and you should have some starting point for any medical situation Mm. that throws its way at you. Whether you're a medic and you get faced with a surgical abdomen Mm. or you're a surgeon who gets faced with rapid AF, Mm. I think you should have a starting point and that's what residency teaches you. It teaches you the basics and to have a more broad, broad view on things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's important not to rush too quickly through things either, Mm. um, just because the opportunity to progress through your career presents itself doesn't necessarily mean that you should always... Mm. try and rush through that yeah I mean you know like residency is the time to experience things and learn as you said learn as much as possible well I think these days you can be a psych reg pgy2 so I think yes you can that's do your, right I think you can do your intern year and the next year yes. you're psych reg yes everyone's gonna have different opinions yep. on this but I feel like you know you spend so much of your intern year just trying to be functional yeah in a hospital setting yeah that you know, psych, psych patients still have medical problems. Yeah. At the very least, psych medications cause medical problems. Yeah. So I think, you know, if you're just an intern and then you're a psych rage, I really do think that you lack an element of just broad medical knowledge. Yeah. Um, which is what residency will give you. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously there will be some very few rare interns who have hmm. had it down pat a lot more, but I think in general overall I, I think most of yeah. us including myself you know I I sort of struggled a bit through internship not necessarily because I didn't have the knowledge you know on the clinical conditions that I came across but just figuring mm-hmm. out how the system worked and I think the other thing is it's interesting to know I know with my college um when I applied they actually were looking for people who had a slightly more varied background so I don't think I've mentioned I'm a, I'm a pediatric registrar so they didn't necessarily want someone where all they'd ever done was pediatrics. Mm. It was actually a benefit mm. to have some variety mm-hmm. um, because I guess it just shows that you do still have kind of a broad approach to things and yep. you haven't been super specialised before you even got yeah. to yeah. being a registrar. Yeah, so you were like a lot more well-rounded and, Ooh. you know, you uh, patients often don't just have one um, aspect of the health that's affected. It often affects 
the whole body exactly. or you know um other biopsychosocial aspects of you know their health um yes so you make a very good point mm. there i have to agree with you on that mm. um although you know i personally do have friends who have jumped quite qu- quickly uh straight after internship um into you know a registrar role and you know each have their own reasons um but i, I personally am off the same i don't think opinion. there's a right or wrong yeah i don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong pathway i just think often some people view residency as in quotation marks useless years mm-hmm. and just as years to get to their registrar role mm. And I think sometimes it's important to take a step back and realise yeah. that you're actually benefiting something from yeah. your residency years. Yeah. Um, they might not be what you always wanted to do for the rest of your life. Hmm. But remember, it's only probably going to be one, two, maybe three years. And yeah. then after that, you'll be in a, a position that mm. you know, you've always dreamed of. Um, and they are useful years. Yeah. And like you mentioned, you know, it's probably going to be the only glory, glorious days that you have that where you're not expected to stay back till 9pm yeah, yeah. or do all these extra things and have fewer responsibilities. So with that in mind, um, what advice would you give someone who is considering stepping up into a registrar role? Um, I think speak to the person the year above you that's done that, Mm -hmm. they're going to be your best um, place for advice. I think colleges are becoming progressively less and less transparent Mm -hmm. in how to get onto training programs, Mm. what the selection process is, Mm. what boxes you need to tick. Mm -hmm. And I think they're also Mm ever-changing. So I get messaged quite a lot by, you know, um, medical students Mm -hmm. that – are still in, you know, still have two years of medicine to go. And they mm. say, I want to do pediatrics. How do I get on? Yeah. And I think you're just planning way too far ahead there. <laughs> I think um, before you apply, the year before you apply, yep. speak to the person who applied the year before that yep. and see what they have to say. Mm. Um, as bad as it sounds, we live in a day and age where a lot of it's who you know, not what you know. Yeah, yeah. So if you know what you want to do, um, get networking early. Mm. Speak to people in that department. Hmm. Make your name known. Hmm. Um, you know, shout from the rooftops that that's a specialty you want to do. And the other thing is be a likable person. You could be the smartest person in the world, but no one wants to work with you if you're hmm. an unlikable person. <laughs> um, you might know everything, but hmm. you're a bit of a dick. Hmm. So what makes a likable resident or registrar? Um, I think be... I think... Be easy to get along with. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to be assertive because no one likes someone that's just going to be walked over. Yeah. Um, but I think, actually, probably the best way I can phrase it is be respectful. Mm-hmm. Respect people. It comes back to arrogance. Don't be arrogant. Don't think you know everything. Mm. Respect everyone's place within a team. And it's important to note that that extends past, I mentioned, you know, your interns and your registrars and your consultants. But remember you work in a hospital with nursing staff and physios and OTs and speeches and cleaners and wardies. (laughs) And if you get along with everyone, Mm. good news spreads and people recognise you as a likeable person. Mm. Like, you know, I smile at, like, all the wardies that walk past. And you work in the same department. You see them every day. Yeah. Um, and they're just as much of a person as, you know, your intimate medical team. Yeah. Um, 
and then you get to know them and you get to know their life and what their stories are. Yeah. And remember that, you know, everyone's a human. Um, and I think just be respectful, be respectful. And, um, some people are going to be, you know, more chatty than others, but it's not about being outgoing or being chatty. It's just about working hard and being respectful, I think. Mm. Okay. Um, so, um, with this final question, it's a question that I will be, and, um, have been asking across all interviews, um, because, you know, this is, we're focused on, um, trying to, uh, support junior doctors and really build resilience and promote well-being here on, um, junior doctors corner. Um, so what, if there's anything, if you could identify, um, has helped kept you sane, you know, mm-hmm. while you were working as a junior doctor or even now as a registrar? <coughs> I think the biggest thing I can stress is have a life outside of medicine. Have friends outside of medicine if you can. I know it's not always easy. It's, it can be hard. <laughs> um, particularly, you know, if you are if you were very young when you went through medical school. Yeah. Um, all your friends are probably your good friends are probably doctors Mm. um, and all your colleagues are doctors. And then, but I think medicine can be a very all consuming Mm. career. Mm. Um, And if you let that extend into your social life, I think you just lose the plot a little bit. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I, I always like to give the advice, try not to date another doctor, but I mean, again, (laughs) not always possible because where are you going to meet anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, have a life outside of medicine. Mm. Um, is my number one, always will be. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I think at work, I think a mentor is a very helpful thing yeah. in a working environment. Mm. Um, and they don't necessarily have to be a mentor from the field that you want to get into, but I think having someone more senior than you at work. So, you mm-hmm. know, if you're an intern, that might just even be a resident. Um, if you're a resident, that might be... but a registrar, a consultant, it doesn't really matter, someone more senior Mm. to help you kind of navigate some of the issues that you might run into Mm. Um, because everyone's experience is going to be different Mm. but people who are senior that have been through that will be able to give you some advice. Yeah. Um, I personally believe I think a mentor relationship should be driven by the mentee Mm -hmm. and not the mentor. Okay. So I think... You know, if you are a resident and you've identified, you know, a senior registrar as your mentor, Mm -hmm. I think it's your job to seek them out, Mm -hmm. um, to arrange meetings, to have a chat, to um, talk to them about whatever issues or struggles Mm -hmm. that you're facing. Well, they could be really good things too. It doesn't necessarily always have to be Mm -hmm. negative Nancy topics of I had this drama today and I'm struggling with that. It can be something really good like I had a really good day today and I learnt about this. Mm. Um, there's some really good mentoring programs out there and a lot of hospitals offer formal mentoring programs, but you can do that informally as well. And, um, I guess my key with that is, is try and if you do choose to get a mentor, Mm -hmm. keep it as a mentor mentee relationship Mm -hmm. and not as friends Mm -hmm. because you have friends. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, you've got enough friends if you just want to catch up for coffee and have a chat. Mm Mm-hmm. Most people would have friends. Mm-hmm. It's someone that can offer you, you know, slightly more professionally minded guidance. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I guess if you're really struggling, look after your own mental health first too. Um, so I guess having a mentor is 
a very primitive step towards that. Mm. But I think, you know, if you're really finding you're struggling and your mental health's really suffering, um, go see a counsellor, go see a psychologist, psychiatrist if you need to, go see um, life coaches, go, mm. you know, there's a lot of resources out there yeah. um, that you can seek. Mm. Um, and, you know, now currently is a very timely reminder with a lot of mm. unfortunate junior doctor mental yeah. health suicide rates, yeah. mental health issues. Yeah. Um, I think it's important for us to look after ourselves first. And, you know, you have to identify yourself on that Mm. um, spectrum to see how much support do you need Mm. um, or are you doing pretty well. Mm. But it's not shameful to go seek help. Um, And it's important to do that because you can't be a good doctor in your job and you can't be a good person within um, what you want to do if you haven't looked after yourself first. Mm. Um, I always say you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. So you've got to keep your cup full. Mm. Um, and however you choose to do that is up to you. Mm. Um, some people have hobbies. Mm. Um, as I said, life outside of medicine. But, yeah, seek supports. Yeah. that Well, that empty cup analogy <laughs> just really hit the nail on the head right there. And um, I think from my personal experience anyway, it sounds like um, people do – unfortunately feel ashamed about having to take like mental health days or you know um they feel like they're letting their team down well i think that mental health days should be something that are actually part of our um leave Mm -hmm. um combination i guess um you know we have sick days Mm -hmm. and whether that is part of our sick days Mm. um sick leave but I don't think that we should necessarily have to always call up and say, I was sick. Mm. Um, when you show up to work the next day, I don't think you should always have to say, oh, I was in bed with the flu. I think you should just be able to say, I was mentally exhausted and I just needed a recharge day. Yep. Um, and I think in a workplace, it's still not appropriate for you to say that. Yeah. Yep. It, it's unfortunate that it's still the case. And, and that needs to change. Yeah. It, you you're sort of made feel made to feel guilty because you know um you, you believe that your colleagues count on you that the whole ward is going to fall apart if you don't turn up and which is probably does <laughs> um look to an extent maybe but other people need to figure it out yeah you're not a single man team mm. um other people need to figure that out they might think everything's falling apart mm. Because let's be honest, most registrars haven't done paperwork for years. Yeah. So their resident doesn't show up and they go, oh, shit, what's a discharge summary? Yeah. But they'll figure it out. Mm. They be they can put their big boy pants on and they'll be fine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we need to look after ourselves first. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, if you need to take that time off for yourself, do that. Because if you don't take that one day, that could then snowball into you needing, you know, half a year off because you just haven't yeah. taken that time. Yeah, and and in fact, actually, you know, for some people, snowball into depression mm. and then consequently mm. there has been cases mm. of suicide. Um, but I don't think uh, junior doctors are necessarily supported mm. well enough for that. Um, I think we... We unfortunately are still in a career where people just go, well, that's part of it, and you've chosen a stressful career Mm. Um, without people realising that our job is giving, 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 and we give so much 
mm. at work. Mm-hmm. And then I think most of us probably give a lot in our personal lives as well. That's what we do. Mm. Um, and it's a good thing. It's a great thing to give. But coming back, you can't pour from an empty cup. And at some point you need to take, take some time mm. to fill your own cup back up mm. after all that, you know, giving that you do. Mm. Um, it's hard. I don't have a solution for it. <laughs> I wish I did. Yep. But I guess I would, um, how can I contribute to it? I'd probably, as a registrar, if my resident, mm. you know, said, I'm just not feeling it, I'd say, go home. Mm. We'll sort it out. Mm. If they said they're not feeling it, you know, every day for two weeks, <laughs> a conversation may need to be had. And it might even just be a conversation. It might be genuine, but it might need to be a conversation and maybe you need to take some time away from all of this. Yeah. Um, and that's not a bad choice either. Mm. It's not. It might not be just calling in for a sick day. It might be taking yep. a good chunk of time away. Mm. And reevaluate. Yeah. yeah. Most of us, most of the people are so young when they've gone into all of this, they haven't lived anything outside of the medical bubble. Mm. They've done school and then they've done uni and now they've done medicine. Mm. And there is a whole world out there. Yes, there is. So, yeah, it's hard, but I'm hoping that it's going to get better. Yes. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Um, so with that, thank you so much for your time. Oh, my Lydia. pleasure. Thank you. And, um, you know, thank you for the insights um, that you shared with us and the advice, the valuable advice that you have given. For more episodes, head to www.juniordoctorscorner.com.